everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Christian in Progress. Today we have a really awesome guest. His name is Adam, and he's going to be talking about same-sex attraction. He has an incredible testimony alongside an incredible, incredible podcast of his own called A Man Divided. But before we get there, um, my name is Samuel Perez, so just a little bit about myself. I'm a former gay stripper, and yes, that's right, you heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ, and this podcast is all about how I do it and why I do it and to help others like me and to educate those that are not like me. I want to talk, but I really want to talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2021. Nothing is off limits and I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Now, before we get started, I do want to let everybody know that this podcast is completely free to listen to and we do accept donations. And we have some awesome rewards and gifts for those who want to become patrons of the podcast. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Podbean, click on the description and you're going to find this link to become a patron of the podcast, which means you'll be making a regular monthly commitment. And we also have my website where you can find resources to give through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App at Samuel Perez, SamuelAbrahamPerez.com. So, what's up, Adam? How are you today? <laughs> Hi, Samuel. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm a little bit tired. Like, I, I was telling you earlier, like, I had the first time woke up, like, super, super early. <laughs> and so, it's, like, very late at night right now while we are currently doing this podcast. It's it's 9.30 for me, which is late. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so excited to be here with you, man, so, and for you to share your testimony. So, let's get right into it. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, like all the details. Sure thing. Yeah. So my name is Adam Cochran and I um, am also like this is late for me as well because I am a school teacher. And so we started back to school this week. So um, and I also um, am a father of two kids. So, yeah, this is this is a little late for me, too. So I'm right there with you. But thanks for having me. Um, I so a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in the in the church um, in the Bible Belt so I grew up in Georgia and um, I um, was just uh, blessed to have a family that was um, you know that were believers that um, were very involved in church we were there anytime the church doors were open uh, basically and um, just served in a lot of different ways in the church Um, so it was um, I accepted Christ when I was around 11 years old um, is when I um, gave my life to the Lord and it was shortly after that that I started developing uh, same-sex attraction and I was totally unprepared for how to deal with that and how to process that or like what in the world was going on like in my life Um, I grew up in a very conservative um, church background it was very like fundamental Baptist like very uh, conservative um, and there was not really there was not a whole lot of talk except from the pulpit you know about um, sexuality um, good or bad and and that kind of thing um, there was no sort of like program I never felt comfortable speaking to anybody um, about sexuality in general but you know let alone um, same-sex attraction so um, I struggled with it secretly for all through my teens um, and I um, just that's kind of why I decided the name of the podcast was a man divided because for so much of my life especially through my teens and early um, 
you know, adult years, it just felt like I was constantly torn between what I knew the Bible taught about, you know, sexuality and like what the, these desires and these attractions that I was facing as well. Um, so very isolated, very, lots of feelings of, um, of loneliness and, and that sort of thing that, that accompanies that, that isolation. Um, and when I got into college though, uh, God just continued to work in my life and, um, through good circumstances and through bad circumstances, he just used them, um, all to, um, work out kind of like his plan for me or the path, I guess, that you could say that he had for me. And, um, what I'm, I mean, I'm thankful for what's kind of remarkable is that I never lost my attraction, my heterosexual attractions, um, either like fully. Um, so, um, I, I knew like I wanted a traditional family. Like I remember saying to myself, like, I, I want to get married one day. I want to have a family. I myself came from a family of six. So I was the oldest of six kids. So, uh, you know, my family was very family unit, like oriented, you know, my parents were together, um, you know, that I'm, th you know, thank the Lord. And, um, and so that's what I wanted for myself. You know, I had these like visions of what I wanted and you know thankfully like god kind of willed that to happen i met my wife um we actually met in high school but then we didn't um really like seriously start dating until college and um we i eventually i expressed and with to her about my uh, you know same-sex attractions because you know as soon as we started dating or we got together that didn't just magically go away so you know i expressed that to her and um she was faithful to me she um you know loved me and wanted to help me um with it and so it was just a journey with the two of us and um it wasn't long after we had been dating maybe a couple of years that i proposed to her and then eventually we got married and uh, we now have two uh, awesome kids and we um are just you know, living our lives, we're involved in our church and just trying to seek the Lord together, like as a family and as a couple. And uh, I guess about a year ago, I really felt the Lord uh, pressing upon my heart to uh, to start a podcast or to start a ministry of some point. At first, I thought I would do just a blog, um, but then I thought, so like I will probably miscommunicate like. <laughs> in a huge way by just typing things out and just like, you know, and so I was like, I, I just need to talk about it so that, you know, so people can hear the inflections and so everything will make sense. Um, so I, uh, the, the Lord impressed upon me to, to start this podcast and, um, I kind of like put it off for a while cause I was kind of hesitant. I was like, I don't want my business and like all of this personal stuff like out there for the world to see. Um, I'd rather, you know, it just be like something personal that's between me and like my close circle, you know, and me and the Lord. Um, but God just like kept bringing up things like in my life or kept, uh, bringing things to my attention or letting me hear other people's stories. And it was just like very clear that God was saying, um, and telling me that, uh, like my goal through the podcast is just to, um, to kind of like be a resource, you know, and to share my story to hopefully, you know, point others to Christ that may be going through same sex attraction as well. Wow. So that's yeah. kind of everything in a nutshell. <laughs> that's incredible. So that's really interesting. How did you first uh, like realize that you had like same sex attraction? When did that begin? Because I can pretty much 
like tell you for me it was uh, when I was a little boy I could definitely feel like oh there was like a mystery behind other little boys and then then when I got into middle school it was the same thing it was like this kind of like mystery and then it started turning sexual in middle school and like I had to ask myself the question or like wait a second do I like boys like am I attracted to these boys like around eighth grade so what was your experience like <laughs> yeah so um my SSA didn't really develop until like fully started realizing that I was attracted to other boys probably until I was about 12 or 13 um like but there were de things that led up to that as I've looked like over my past and and been able to reflect a whole lot of, of about it um I was uh, very involved, like I was very musical from an early age and music has always been like a huge part of my life and um, I loved music and I loved the arts and I was never really that, you know, athletic. I wasn't really interested in athletics, honestly, like it wasn't that uh, I couldn't, but I, I just, it just didn't really appeal to me other than like if our family was having a get together and like playing baseball in the, or kickball in the backyard or something, then I'd be like, yeah, I'll yeah. play. But, um, <laughs> I was never like, I want to go out and sign up to play, you know, baseball or something or basketball or whatever, you know? Um, that's so funny. I Cause like, I actually have a story about that. Like when I was in middle school, I wanted to be like the other boys and I was like, man, I feel like I want to like fit in. So I started like looking into the basketball tryouts. And when I okay. went to go, I went to go try out to the basketball team. I was so bad. <laughs> and like we had a terrible basketball team. Like it was like a, a, the school was like a brand new school, so it wasn't like a, a official or anything like that. And we just had just okay. random guys playing the basketball team. And then I <laughs> I joined into the basketball tryouts and they were like you're so bad like you were not <laughs> letting you into the team and I was like are you kidding me this is like such a horrible basketball team like I'm like I must be really bad if you don't really want to let me in so I was never really into sports either I was in I was in glee club glee club and so okay. I like I, I used to we used to go to different classrooms and start singing. Like, it was so weird. <laughs> I can't believe I did yeah. that. <laughs> but um, that's when Glee that's really had funny. just came out on TV as well, like on the Fox gotcha. Network. Gotcha, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's my little I was, story. I was, yeah, I watched the show for a while. But, yeah, like, um, I was kind of the same way. But my brother, who's two years younger than me, I – poor guy like I talk about him a lot in my podcast and I always mention him but he was like the polar opposite he and I like argued all the time but he was the polar opposite so he was like you know not like the man's man but like I guess you could say like as a kid like he was the cowboy he was the athletic one like he was like you know all into that stuff so if we were ever playing basketball at home or playing like a game of of horse you know like where you're trying to make the shot and if you miss it then when you spell the letters you know i don't know if you've ever heard of that game or not but we used to play around the world <laughs> okay okay yeah and i played that one as well but um that was my favorite I, one <laughs> yeah <laughs> But all he had to do was a layup, and then he had me. Like, if he shot a layup, like, every time, I would lose. Like, just H-O-R-S-E. Like, I, was, I would <laughs> lose. Like, I couldn't do not, could not do a layup. Like, I would try all these other tricks, but, I, yeah. So, so I get it. Um, I was, uh, but I was, like, I, I started taking piano lessons. And so I was, um, you know, I was always studying and practicing piano, basically. Um, 
I was homeschooled as well. Um, so my parents wanted to give me that, um, that route of um, education. So, um, and we all were actually. So I didn't have a lot of like peer to peer like interaction. Like I didn't have, I didn't have a lot of friends. I wasn't around other boys a whole lot. Um, I was around, there would be some at church, but at our church at that time, the more like dedicated members or the more people, I guess, um, that were really involved in our church, most of their children were girls. So, and like in our little youth group or, you know, little kids group or whatever, um, most of them were girls. So I connected with them and, and, you know, we had a good time and, and, um, you know, being friends and everything. Um, uh, and then we had a couple like family friends. Um, but honestly, like some of the, some of the kids, my mom was like, she was afraid they were like a bad influence on me like the other boys she was like oh you know like I don't want Adam to spend like too much time with them like a little bit but not a whole lot because they'll rub off on him you know kind of thing so yeah I think I think I started feeling kind of different or kind of just like that distance from other boys um I felt awkward if I was around like other boys I felt like I didn't I couldn't quite connect with them I couldn't connect if they were talking about sports I always felt isolated about that or if it was people in my family like you know relatives uh grandparents or uncles or whatever um so I was kind of like, okay, y'all talk about that. I'm going to go talk about, like, my favorite musical that I watch on on TV or my favorite, you know, uh, Beethoven piece that I've been learning. So um, when I was about 12 or 13, um, I just happened to, like, discover masturbation, like, pure, purely from accident. Um, and I had no idea, like, what had just happened. And I was, like, freaked out. And I remember just being kind of scared like I had no idea and um my parents uh, I love them but I, they I, I say this a good bit but it's true they like never like had a sex talk with me at all like of any kind like they never sat down with me and kind of explained like the way things are or you know kind of like what the bible teaches that uh, is supposed to happen and just like things like I was not prepared for puberty. Let's just say it like that. So, um, yeah. it honestly like masturbation kind of like became my, my, my new hobby, I guess, or I kind of like almost became like addicted to it. I guess you could say like, um, at 13 yeah, around that age, I probably oh, wow, yeah. maybe a little earlier. So yeah, around, um, and that was re you know, like around the time that I accepted Christ as well. So um, I remember wondering for such a long time, like, is, is this wrong or is this right? Like I struggled with that and, um, and just all of those thoughts. Um, I started noticing things, um, you know, that people normally notice in puberty, like when you, when you see like, you know, provocative things in stores or something like I, I just started noticing all that stuff more. Mm-hmm. And um, I think after a while, like after a year or two, as I, you know, still around 13 or 14, I, I, for some reason, like I started gravitating towards the men or the male things that I saw. Um, and part of that, I honestly think as I look back on it, I think that my own kind of like obsession with my body 
and my anatomy, it kind of honestly, I think, made me curious about other people because they had the same anatomy that I did, if that makes sense. So, yeah, um, it was different. It was a little different for me because I remember that um, I got into, I think, like looking, I didn't necessarily get into pornography right away, but I think I was like 15 or 14 around there. Um, I can't even remember. And but I was young, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I remember going on the internet and just the first thing that I would look up was like, oh, shirtless man, <laughs> or like, or like right. on Google, like naked man, <laughs> and it was right, so, yeah. so dumb, because I, 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 I don't know, I felt I personally felt very connected to women, so I felt like I knew women very well, like my cousins mm. were girls, um, my sister I was close with, um, I even shared a, I shared a room with my brother. Mm-hmm. But um, he was so different than me. So it was like the mm-hmm. girls I was pretty much the same with, but the guys I was I was completely different from. And so yeah. I was just like you. Just I loved to sing. I loved art. I loved all those things. And uh, all the other guys around me were like, what is this? So to me, the mystery was behind, like, not so much women because I knew them so well, but it was like, what like it was almost uh, uh, the mysteries in the man you know like Hmm. what there's something mysterious about this and then through puberty that turned sexual and it was like oh mystery and then like well there's attraction there you know so that's what i went i went to google and i was like naked man (laughs) and then that led me into like other things that led me into like gay pornography and websites and oh my gosh that was crazy and that, that yeah. was like no little boy should should ever like well I would say it was a little boy but I was like no teenager should ever be on those types of websites because it just ruin yeah. your mind like right it away. just easily yeah you're right it, it easily turns like more and more like you just go deeper into it's it. just it's so just... dark right away like I remember yes. my first experiences yep. with pornography like and just seeing it for the first time the videos at first I was yeah. like what is mm-hmm. this this is like crazy like it felt so wrong it felt so like nasty it felt dirty like and and mm-hmm. now going to adulthood when i used to watch that um it, it's like normal it's like it's the yeah. most normal thing but then i remember as a child like i thought it was the darkest weirdest like bad baddest thing in the world but anyways right. i wish i could i wish i could go back to that <laughs> i know it's I like I oh lord go... you know we can you know pray a prayer of like a purification of our minds and, and just be like lord you know bring purity back to our eyes bring purity back to our minds um but it's hard you know to take back what it is that you, you've already let into and so that takes time deconstructing and working on those strongholds um, yeah. in your mind but going back to you <laughs> what you were talking about <laughs> um so you started feeling and, and doing all that around the age of 13. Yes, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I connect with you in that way as well. Like I, I connected with the females like in my life much more than I did with the men. Um, I was my grandmother, um, I with one of my grandmothers in particular, I was super close to. Like everybody knew like in my family, like we were buddies, like we always called each other buddies. and. She always used to joke and say this funny thing um, of how when I was really little, she was like, Adam, you better never get a girlfriend. Uh, just meaning like not to take me away from her, basically, you know, is what she meant by that. But she was like, don't you ever get a girlfriend or I'm going to pull her hair out. <laughs> and like that was like our joke, you know, like where she just she was just a sweet old lady. And uh, we were so close, though. And she 
she just let me be like myself. Like I have the best memories of her like growing up and I could, I could go on and talk about her, but like she, if I wanted to like dance to a musical, like she let me watch it like as much as I want to, she would like help me make costumes. Like she just got down in the floor and helped me. Like she was just the sweetest like person. Um, and I just connected, I felt like so attached to her. And then I remember when you were talking about I was, I was thinking about my sisters because I have three sisters and they're all younger than me. And I even like used to spend time with them. And as they got a little older, like we would do like little at home, like, um, like photo shoots or like modeling photo shoots. And I would like tell them like, wear this. Okay. Like, you know, dress up like this. Okay. I'm, let me take your picture, pose like this, you know, like, so it was really fun. But, um, I think as I got older, I realized like I started feeling more and more disconnected from other from other boys and from other young men. Um, and I'm did wondering, you, did if, you have any yeah. like type of um, uh, like was your dad around? Were your parents together? He was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my parents were both of them were very present, um, and I had a great, I had a fine relationship with my dad and with both parents. Um, honestly, um, I if if I if I'm honest like my dad never really had like a lot of I don't have any memories really of having many like heart to hearts or very like like really personal like vulnerable memories with my dad though um he worked a lot um uh, you know obviously to support six kids you've got to you've got to be working you know a good bit um that was like uh, my but dad. He, I, yeah I wouldn't say he was an absent dad he definitely wasn't like um yeah. But, you know, being, you know, I just didn't see him, but maybe for like four hours in the evening when he got home and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. And um, so anyways, and we didn't do we did some like outdoors things and some memories together. Um, but like I said, I think somehow it wasn't through like what he did intentionally or it wasn't. But somehow I perceived like I know a lot of like your childhood is your perception and like how you perceive things. And I think yeah. as I've looked back, I perceived maybe even subconsciously in the back of my mind that I, there was some kind of deficit there. Like, and I was longing for like a, a closeness or maybe like a certain amount of intimacy with yeah. a male figure. Um, and I think that also like secretly like fueled my SSA as well especially mm. but that's that's very uh clear as I got older though like into my late teens and early 20s um but I, I discovered pornography probably like when I started looking for things I was around 15 mm. maybe 14 to 16 somewhere in that in that area when was uh like the did you ever because for me like it was interesting um when I got to middle school and I started having this these feelings I kind of started acting on them like right away and I started mm -hmm. like found my best friend and um and then I had intense feelings of like liking him and you know like falling in lust with him and so mm -hmm. um did you at any point ever have any relationships with any men because it it seems like you said late uh, you said before that you always had heterosexual attractions too um yes. so would you have considered yourself like almost like bisexual like you like both and did you act on that like gay side? <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. Um. I guess if you you know the technical. I guess technically I kind of would have been bisexual. Um. Although I had no like. I don't even that that term was not known to me <laughs> at that age. Um. 
I would say, like, I, I did still um, find, like, girls attractive. Like, I could look at a girl and say, oh, she's really pretty. Like, and it was different for me. It was interesting because lust was really only in play when it came to boys. Mm-hmm. Like, I started noticing, I, and I again, I think that's because I was so fascinated with, like, my body. I think it, it that lust was... Um, you know, more towards boys. So if I saw boys with like without shirts on, or if I saw boys uh, like changing, and again, that didn't happen very often because I was homeschooled. So um, that would create more like lustful like thoughts or fantasies um, that I would dwell on versus a girl. I wouldn't even, I, I didn't really lust after girls. Like I noticed like if they had a pretty face and I'd be like, oh, she's really pretty. Like she's really sweet. Like, and I, I still had crushes like even at 12 or 13 years old. Like I remember, you know, like passing the notes to girls in church, <laughs> you know, or something like at one point, you know, or like asking a girl if she would be my, you know, girlfriend, basically in name <laughs> only. But um it was like I was developing these feelings, but I didn't know what to do with them or I didn't know. So I didn't really act on anything. Um, honestly, I didn't really have much of a um, an opportunity to actually like the opportunities kind of came later when when I got into uh, college, honestly. Um, mm. So, yeah. And then. Yeah. 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 Did you have any like a. It, did you have any real relationships like with men like a long-term relationship with men i did not so when i got into i guess like late high school and college um you know when cell phones were changing to being just all touch screen and you could easily access the web and and different apps and stuff on your phone Mm -hmm. um i started um i fell into um using social media um, to um, have, you know, these virtual, I guess, kind of like interactions with guys. So I did like mm-hmm. interact with guys in that way. Um, I guess you could say like sexting and that kind of thing. Um, so I did like fall into that and, and get pretty like deep into that um, and, and falling into that. Um, but I only really had one like in-person kind of um, encounter, I guess you could say, um, where at, at college at one point I knew somebody that I, we kind of, um, we were good friends. We started out as friends, but then it, um, it kind of became like romantic, I guess, in a certain way. I think it, by yeah. that time, my SSA was more like emotional, like it was definitely lust as far as the physical was still there. But it was also like, you know, if I became emotionally attached to somebody, then I felt like, you know, like I, I felt like I was falling in love with them, basically, you know. So um, I had I had that happen one time and um, we we ended up um, we never like had a sexual encounter, but we did, um, you know, have like one instance where we we like hung out together and then we ended up like cuddling or we kind of like made out one time um and that was pretty much the extent of it um i think he was um secretly like battling as well although we Mm -hmm. didn't we didn't communicate and unfortunately like the the friendship just like really took a turn for the worst and Mm -hmm. um you know we we lost contact and we kind of severed our friendship um 
but that was pretty much the extent of like my interaction so more my ssa had been more i guess was struggling with pornography with like virtual um or like social media interactions but then my ssa was all uh, was always like um how enticing like that lifestyle looked mm-hmm. um you know like the the grass is greener on the other side like you you should try that and honestly i think um <clears throat> By, you know, being saved at such a young age and accepting Christ, I think I honestly, um, I mean, I know I had the Holy Spirit within me and I grew up um, like knowing what the Bible taught. And I never really, for me personally, I never really got to the point where I doubted that the Bible taught that homosexuality is a sin. I I don't think, I pretty much came to the realization like, okay, if I'm going to like leave if I'm going to pursue a gay lifestyle I basically have to abandon my faith because I was like I know that the Bible teaches that it's sin that God is not pleased with it and I was like I know that I can't just like say well this is okay I'll I'll still like believe the Bible and uh but I'll just like say that this part is okay or I'll interpret it this way maybe and I'll just I never could bring myself to do that and um, that's very interesting because I had like a kind of different reaction to that. <laughs> like yeah. to, to me, it was like, oh, man, you know, like I love Jesus. I was a Christian since I was a little boy. And mm-hmm. um, I really started to get to know Jesus intimately, like in middle school. But at the same time, I really wanted to explore this side. So it was kind of just like, oh, I don't want to let go of Jesus. So I'm not going to say it's right. But at the same time, I feel like it's right. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to not it was almost like I I wasn't going to think about it or try to ignore it so Mm. I never like even when I it was discussed or talked about in church I would get extremely uncomfortable um, when pastors talked about it I'm like why are we talking about this like I just wanted to avoid the issue altogether Mm -hmm. because I knew that to me it was wrong you know it it was something that was was uh, like sin according to the Bible so Mm -hmm. to me I was like I don't want to avoid this because I'm in it right now and I know that it's wrong, so let's just not even go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really got yeah. into that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I definitely like um, if I if I kind of came across or was sounding like it was easy. Like, no, I definitely like struggled lots of times saying like, "Is this wrong?" Because it feels so natural. Like it felt so natural, and I was like, I like I I remember hearing people like preach about it, and I was like. I would get so angry like when I was at church or so confused and I'd be like you don't know what you're talking about like this it's not just like I wake up every day and decide to be attracted to boys like you know I was like this is so part of me and I was like I and I struggled with like anger towards God for a lot you know for years I was like God like how can you be loving and everything like if you've allowed this to happen to me like um if you just allow this to happen, you know, and you're, but still like, you're going to expect me to say like, no, like I, you know, you, this is wrong. Like you can't do this. Then why, why is it so easy? Like, why is it so natural? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's definitely like a lot of suffering. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Which we all have to go through, which is really interesting. Cause I'm reading, you know, right now we're studying, we're doing a live Bible study on my YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and all, pretty much everywhere, <laughs> everywhere yeah. you can find me <laughs> on social media. And, um, we, we just did uh, Hebrews chapter two 
and it's talking about Jesus and how he learned obedience through his sufferings and mm-hmm. understanding all that and you know mm-hmm. coming into the, the sufferings and of same sex attractions and it's like oh why would why would God allow for this to happen because he wants to see if we're going to choose him in the end he wants to see if we're going to like forget about that suffering and and just mm-hmm. look to him and be like God you are my provider you are my strength so mm-hmm. you interesting enough like you you never went in there and that's a whole completely different testimony to me cuz I like got involved in the queer community I did the stripping and I did the same sex uh, uh, relationships and I wanted to get married like I genuinely like I don't know if you had this feeling but I really wanted to find a man and get married to a man Okay. I could not see myself with a woman like at all. It was mm. it, it wasn't even until recently that I even thought about, oh, you know, maybe I could honestly see myself with a woman now. Yeah. But that's after like 4 years of being in relationships with the Lord and even and even now mm. I'm still like I kind of really enjoy being single. <laughs> so right. <laughs> um and just being with the Lord <laughs> cuz there's a lot of yeah. benefits to that. But Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't see myself with a woman, but you always held on to that and you never really went deep into the lifestyle which really gives i bring that up because a lot of people on my uh, tiktok or just you know youtube comments or those places they'll, they'll say oh you know you just had a bad experience like you um it was the sex or you know the drugs bitch by the way i never did any drugs a lot of people think that i did drugs i didn't i didn't do drugs i wasn't a drug user um, the most yeah. I ever did was like smoke marijuana and that was like twice in my whole life. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah. and I didn't drink either. I wasn't a drinker. So, um, mm-hmm. and I did like sex, um, but it was because I was dating. It wasn't because I was just going out and hooking up and just never wanting to have sure. like any type of relationship. I wanted a husband. So yeah. for, for you, um, it's interesting enough that um, you've had a completely different testimony that you're like, oh no, I never... I never really went full into that sex and all those bad things, but I still knew and still felt in my heart that it was it was wrong ultimately. Like what what made you decide that you wanted to give up that part of your life and like submit that to the Lord and just be done with it? Was it when you met your wife or did that decision happen like long before that? Uh yeah, so I think there was a turning point in my life um, when I was a sophomore in college. Um, I went to two different colleges. I started off at a super conservative, like super strict college because as a homeschooler, I was super intimidated and scared to go to just a state college. So I was Mm -hmm. like, no, I have to go to what did you go to? What did you go to school for? Uh, Music education. Music, okay. um, Yes. So I, I learned in high school that, or I, I figured out in high school that I wanted to be a music teacher. Um, again, like I, I hadn't been in any quote, like formal music classes because of being homeschooled, but um, I happened to attend a two week music camp um, in Georgia. Um, and it was called the North Georgia um, School of Gospel Music, or they shortened it to NGSGM. And I went to that school for two weeks. And that was the first time I was like in a classroom music experience. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I think this is what I want to do. Like when I grow up, like I want to teach other people music and I want to share like my love with of music, like with other people. This is really cool. So, so um, awesome. So you're in your sophomore yeah. year. 
So fast forward, yeah, that was in college. That was when I was around 15 is when I attended that that camp. And so fast forward to my second year in college and um, I got dismissed from the college. Like they wouldn't let me come back because they found um, uh, like the proof, like the history of like that I was struggling with pornography. Um, I was still struggling with that. Um, again, like I didn't have that. This was before the interaction with the one friend. Um, so... I hadn't had any kind of physical um, interaction with anybody, um, but I was still struggling a lot with masturbation and pornography secretly. Um, so the school confronted me. They said, you can't come back. We, uh, we pray God will open up doors for you somewhere else. Uh, that was oh, wow. their literal, yeah, that was their literal words. That's um, kind of intense. And, oh yeah. Yeah. It was it's like no intense. mercy, no grace. No, no. They were hard. <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't name I don't name the college for that reason um, because like for some people it's a good place and and they they completed their you know their time but I honestly I don't feel in the wrong to say that my case and like my situation that they handled very wrongly and it was yeah. not that was not loving it was not Christ like um, it yeah. was a very double standard like I knew other people personally. That had been dismissed from the college for physically doing something, but it was heterosexual, and they were able to come back. Um, oh wow! So yeah, hypocritical. So, so that was <laughs> we huge. love to and, see it. <laughs> whew, yes, it happens. It happens like um, it happens all the time. And I remember because I grew up in the church, hearing that kind of homosexuality is worse than every other you know Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed because all those guys were homosexuals and so God yeah. burned it up you know that's what yeah, I grew up with very intense like fire and brimstone preaching that just concreted that like in my like that did not help me change my mind about how Christ viewed me yeah. um, and so I, I felt worse than other people um and so that was a super low point in my life. Um, obviously, I didn't know where I was going to go to for school next. I didn't. That was when I really was like, I'm just about to throw in the towel, and I'm just about to tell my family I'm going to move out, and I'm going to just go live my life however the heck I want to. Like, I'm just mm. going to call my own shots. I'm going to give in to these passions because I'm tired of fighting them all the day, like every day, all day, every day. And I was like, I'm just going to go out and just live however the heck I want to, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I was still involved in church. Um, you know, I was still under the roof with my parents. So when they went to church, like I went to church. Um, and I, I had some friends at church. We were involved in a youth group. Um, and God really used that youth group um, in my life at, at that point in time. Um, they were very... It was a small youth group. The youth leaders were just, it was a married couple, and they were just a few years older than me, so like mid-20s. Um, and they were very, like, missions-oriented. I've never been a part of a youth group that was that missions-oriented. Like, we went to, a, like, a children's home, like, once every month, and we, like, shared the gospel, like, with skits and things and spent um, time with these kids. We... We did lots of like donations or drive, you know, like food drives or different things for different people in the community. And that honestly was so helpful because it helped me care for other people instead of being so focused on myself. Yeah. And it's just, you know, thing. just wallowing in like all this self-pity, you know, and thinking how awful my life is. And, you know, um, so 
that really, God really used that time to um, really, I guess, just bring me back to himself. And it was during that time that I kind of did a spiritual rebound. Again, it was all thanks to the Holy Spirit. Like if I had not been a believer, had the Holy Spirit, like who knows if that would have happened, you know, um, and, and what path like my life could have taken. Um, so I'm very, you know, thankful to the Lord for that. Um, but I really just did a rebound, I guess you could say, you know, people rededicate their lives and I guess it was like a a personal like rededication for me, but it was during this time, like with Bible studies and being involved in that, that I really came to faith in Jesus and like in the Bible as the true, like inerrant, like word of God for myself, like for the first time. So it was around 20 or 21. Uh, is how old I was Um, and so I really said like I believe like this is true I believe like the Bible is true not because this is how I grew up not because this is what my family expects me to believe but like for myself like this is very real like I know like when I feel the Holy Spirit inside me when I feel like God's peace or when I feel his comfort or um, you know all the all, the, all of those things i was like this is real and i and i believe it so that was kind of like um i guess the turning point of where i was like more determined to fight like my ssa or to say no like i'm not going to to give into this or i'm not gonna you know like i still struggled like daily like the pornography didn't you know just go away and all this stuff but i, I guess i was like more determined or like renewed um, and my faith became very real to me. So I was like, no, I'm just going to keep like fighting. I'm going to keep like powering through. That's so amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's honestly, that's a really powerful part of your testimony as well. Like that it, it, because it, sometimes it takes that level of just like being broken down, like understanding, um, in order to really receive from God. It's like at our lowest Mm -hmm. lows where we can get like into our highest of highs or recognize Mm -hmm. the highest of high um but that's that's intense that all of that happened to you but um it's a good thing that it happened to you as well because it's like from that moment you were able to make that decision of just like okay look i know that i feel wrong and convicted of these things i know that i need i need the help in this area and and to get involved in that youth group and to see that that that's really beautiful so okay so then you now um skip a little forward you you get a wife and you meet your wife and when you tell her about like the same-sex attractions that you have was she was just like okay this is doable like I don't mind at all or was she like freaked out and she's like oh no like did you tell her right away or was it like later on yeah so I, I love this story like I love my wife and my story honestly because I um it it's really just like it's a huge picture of like God's grace and how he can um, like continue to work in our lives in spite of our failings and our fallings and our our weaknesses Um, so we actually met as friends at that music camp back when I was 15 Um, and we were just friends I didn't like instantly develop a crush on her and on my podcast, like we will do like at some point, she she and I want to do like a joint episode together where we kind of just talk with each other and stuff. So um, that'll probably be coming in the near future because I've been thinking that we need to do that soon. Um, 
uh, so we can kind of talk more in detail about that. Um, but we started, uh, we didn't reconnect until I had come back to my faith. So after like what I was just telling you about, after I had kind of like came back to the Lord um, and was kind of solid, you know, with my beliefs and like where I stood and I wasn't like unsure anymore of like, you know, my biblical, like my worldview and all that stuff. Um, it was like, God was like, okay, now you're ready to meet your future wife. And, and so like we happened to, like it was in October or so of um, 2010. So when I was 20, that was the year. And that spring was when I had been dismissed from college. So fast forward, like over the summer into October. And I just happened to be on Facebook one night. And I think I saw, you know, they used to show on that little chat, this was back in the old kind of, you know, 11 years ago um, of Facebook, when it used to show like the little chat and like who was online and the little green dots. And I saw that she was like on Facebook and I was like, hey, this is like my friend from way back at the music camp. Like, I'm going to just reach out and say hello. So um, we just connected on social media and um, we... I was like going through pictures, you know, that uh, stalking on Facebook. And I was like, <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, she's like, you know, she's really pretty. Like, um, this is neat to see like what she's doing like in her life now. And um, she was going to college, uh, to a college up in South Carolina. And she was an intercultural studies or basically like a missions major. Um, wow. So she was super passionate about Jesus and about um, like spreading the gospel and about serving him. And she just talked about it so freely. Like it was almost challenging to me, like even if we, as we just connected um, as a Christian, like she was super um, really fun to talk to. So we started talking more and more. Um, I'll kind of fast forward a little bit. So I asked her to start, if we could start dating um i was not in south carolina at this time so it did start as a long distance relationship we had actually not seen each other in person when i asked her uh to if she would you know want to start dating um we'd only been talking on the phone but i was like honestly i was falling in love with just like her like just talking to her and we we started calling each other best friends we called each other bestie <laughs> And, um, you know, she was just really super sweet. Um, so I transferred to her college in South Carolina um, in fall of 2011. Um, and I transferred to, to her college and um, I continued my music education degree. So we had been dating, we dated about a year or a year and a half when um, she discovered about my SSA. Now, unfortunately, I regret that I um, did not just, be, I wasn't upfront with her when we started dating. I did not tell her about the SSA. I was scared to death to tell her about the SSA uh, because I thought any interest that she had for me would just instantly disappear if I told her, hey, I struggle with being attracted to guys. Like, just want to tell yeah. you upfront. And I was like, she's gonna like peace out. She's gonna be like, sorry. That's that's like, a huge fear, especially like same for me. Like when when I 
hopefully you know when i meet my wife like I, well i'm like a public figure so it's like if you don't know about this at this point it's like you know you're gonna find out but yeah it, that's always a fear it's like oh man you know when you're interested in somebody you know like, oh, that person's really beautiful but like what would they think if they knew about the things that i'm struggling with mm-hmm. and that's always the worst so yeah continue yeah. especially if you've spent years keeping it to yourself and you Definitely. have not communicated that to people like i had like I had, you know, I was, and when I, people had found out, like at the college, it was rejection, right? Like ultimate rejection. So I just expected that again. And I was yeah. like, no, I, I, I was That'd like, I'll so tell traumatic. her. Yeah. I mean, it really was. Um, <laughs> and I, w- I was like, I was like, um, I'll tell her, but uh, you know, I'll tell her eventually, like I'll wait for the right moment. And of course, like when those kind of, when you're telling yourself that, that there's never going to be like a right moment, you know? Um, and so I wish that I would have told her up front, but I didn't. Um, and when we were at college and we were dating, I was still struggling with having like conversations with people like on social media and stuff like that. I, I had some friends um, that I knew from, from the past um, that were, you know, SSA or um, were, you know, fully like out as, a, you know, a gay person. And we talked and um in a way like i liked it because i was able to kind of like you know express my ssa and it allowed me to like you know kind of i guess like an outlet for that yeah um but um to be real to be honest somebody yeah exactly to have somebody that understood because my my whole life was feeling like i was not understood by anybody yeah, so definitely. when somebody did understand i was like i'm latching on to you like you know like yeah. i'm gonna um, I want, you know, so we, but we had like inappropriate conversations and stuff, especially for someone who's, you know, got a girlfriend and, um, sadly, like she like stumbled upon like a conversation, um, mm. that I had been having. And so mm. she, that was super hard for her. She came to me and we had a super long, like really hard conversation. And I think if I remember correctly, I think we just went to my car, like on campus and we just sat in my car. Um, Cause that was, uh, you know, like a nice, like private place where we could just talk like um, privately. And so mm-hmm. I just, I, we were both crying, I think. And I was, I was just expressing to her, like, you know, basically just spilling everything out to her and, Um, I was, I was just preparing myself. I was like, she's going to get out of this car and this is going to be the end of it. Like, you know, this, um, so, um, I, you know, I told her, I think I probably expressed to her, like, this is not really like what I want, but it's here. Like I, I struggle with this and I fight this. Like, I want to be with you, but at the same time, like I have these desires that I'm fighting and all of this stuff. And I will never forget like her response was essentially she was like I'm not gonna break up with you she said like I she said I love you first of all and you know of course she thanked me for sharing everything and being so open and honest and she said she said um God told me when we met at that music camp that I was gonna marry you one day and she she still says that and um, she said, I am going to stick with you and I'm going to help you. And like, that's my job. Like, I want to do that. And as your girlfriend, like, 
I, I want to support you. I want to help you. And I, I just have no words for that. I was completely taken back and I was like, what in the world? Like, is this like, you know, um, and it was such a picture of, of God's love and God's um, grace. And that's exactly how God is. You know, he says he takes us like as we are. We don't have to fix ourselves. We don't have to have everything together when we come to Jesus. Jesus says, like, that's my job. Like, I made you. I created you. And I'm going to help you. Uh, and I'm going to restore you. Like, I'm going to fix you, you know, and um, yeah. in spite of yourself. That so. is, like so precious <laughs> that is so beautiful i know like it it's given me like chills like it's like you know just just talking about it um if only yeah. there were more people like your wife in this world um oh i know things things would be a lot better you know uh, more people who are willing to to sit and to to struggle and to like uh to help someone who's struggling you know and and to put themselves in people's shoes and to relate to them like that this world would be so much better i get questions all the time it's like totally. how do i how do i be there for my gay friend as a christian like how do i let them know that they're in sin or you know like what do i tell my son or my daughter who like just came out with to me and i'm just like just just love on them you know just mm -hmm. be there for them you know they're like yeah help them to feel like they have an environment where they can be honest and truthful with you without judgment mm -hmm. without condemnation and you know, yeah, do, exactly. do unto them what Christ has done unto you. So now mm -hmm. you have, um, we're coming up on the end here, but now you have a, an amazing podcast called a man, a man divided. And, mm -hmm. um, it's really interesting guys. So if you haven't checked it out, go check out his podcast and ch go check out his episodes and the things that he talks about. Um, if you want to hear more about him and his opinions and obviously more of the things that he's talking about. Um, but where do you find yourself today in your relationship with the Lord? Like, do you feel like he's brought you a long way? Are you still working on some things? Like, wh how would you describe like the fulfillment of like your relationship now with him? Like, do you feel like, um, you're still sacrificing parts of yourself? Like, do you want to go back and maybe ignore God on those issues? Or do you feel complete? Mm. Like where, where are your stance now? Sure, sir. Um, so um, I do feel like God has brought me like a, a, a really long way. Um, I don't feel like I've arrived like at all. Um, my SSA has not gone away. Like I'll just go ahead and, and tell you that. Like I, um, I, you know, I still experience that. I still find men like attractive. I still battle like feeling or thoughts of, of lust um, every once in a while. Like I'll that you know i still experience like the temptations to you know view pornography like um from from time to time um and even sometimes like masturbation can still be like none of that stuff like goes away um you know uh when you marry um or when you're in a relationship with somebody like that um it's still um because that's still like an issue with like with like the Lord, like that's a personal issue with you, you know, yeah. and like a per a person's not going to fix you, like only Jesus can fix you, um, you know, and so I'm still, you know, I'm learning a lot. Um, I feel like just reflecting over my life and and trying to find out more about triggers or uh, like the things that accompany SSA, like it's so multifaceted, like there's so much to same-sex attraction, at least for me. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, you know, just, like there's just so today many... I was like thinking about same sex attraction and I was thinking about still some of the things that I struggle with. And I, I literally prayed and I told God, I was like, God, I have so many issues. <laughs> like, I'm like, the, I don't, don't even, we all? like, I'm like, Lord, like, I'm like, I could just, I could write a list of my issues. And I'm like, I don't know how you're going to fix all these issues, but I know that you will. And I'm like, uh, you got, you, you got your work cut out for you, Lord. You know, you're going to go one by yes. one in these issues. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so, but that's, you know, I, part yes. of the process and part of the sanctification yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah, and and God is faithful um, that He will, you know, He will finish the work that He starts in in all of us. He says, you know, in His Word, and um, the list doesn't get too long for God. So, you know, He's He's gonna stick with you and say, okay, we're gonna, even though, you know, He might have to like drag us along. He's gonna be like, no, I'm gonna help you like fix this. Um, so. Just like you your know, wife. We've, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And um, and our relationship, like we're trying to grow in our relationship. We're still working on um, a big thing for us as a as a married couple was communication. I had to learn, like, and that's a basic thing for heterosexual couples, like for anybody. I had to learn how to communicate. I had been I spent so many years not communicating my SSA um, that you know I had to learn how to be honest with her even though it made me feel super uncomfortable and um, mm-hmm. so that's something that we're currently you know working on um, trying to be and um, if I can if I can give like a literal example that happened like last night we had gone out to eat and um, thankfully like, we're like at the place where we can be honest with each other and I told her before bed I said um, can I be can I tell you something without it being weird and she was like what are you gonna say and I was like <laughs> this is so funny. I was like, our server was like not bad on the eyes, like <laughs> at the <laughs> restaurant, and she was like, she she was just like, I I I thought you might say that, and you know, and that was like the end of it, you know, and it was really funny, but um, but I I have to give credit like to the Lord for you know allowing us to and helping us get to that point. Um, to where we can have like little conversations like that, you know, or something like that. And I can yeah. freely, you know, express that. So that is what I try to convey, like in the podcast, A Man Divided, um, is that um, like God is, I, I love the verse in the Bible that says that, you know, that God has the plans for you, like in Jeremiah. Um, everybody's story is is unique and special and um and everybody that that deals with SSA is that you know no exception to that um, whatever it may look like but God knows like what he wants for your life and it's um, it he has like the best plan for you like when I look back and I think like what my life could look like if I had just like abandoned God or if I had just you know, and I'm not saying like I'm not saying that to brag on myself or to say, oh, look, I made all the right decisions because, no, I mm. definitely haven't. Like I've definitely messed up like plenty of times yeah. like, you know, but um, it's just through the grace of Jesus that and, and then like in um, in Matthew, you know, when Jesus says that he'll, um, you know, um, he's with us always like those were always encouraging to me that even on my worst days, like that Jesus, you know, promised like in his word that he would never leave us, you know, or forsake us. Um, and so that's, that's where I am. Like currently I'm trying to, I want to reach out and share my story through my podcast. Um, God really burdened me to do that. Um, I started it back in early spring, I think around March or April this year. 
and uh, I just released my 10th uh, episode, so it's still like very early. Um, it's a very young mm-hmm. podcast, but um, I just, I like to tackle like just different subjects. Um, I, I share my story on the podcast as well, but I just like to to discuss like topics that are relevant like for SSA uh, it's it's more geared towards I guess believers or people because that's what I'm familiar with you know like that's my experience um, so but I mean obviously um, I, it's my prayer that people who may not be believers can still connect through it and and um, and be helped through it as well and then people who don't deal with SSA like I like for it to kind of apply to there, I like for there to be things that are applicable to all of us, you know. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and for sharing your testimony and for just being honest and transparent about your marriage and how that works. And I don't think I've I don't think I've had someone who has dealt with same sex attraction and who's in a marriage on my podcast, except for I think Carlos Katari, uh, and <laughs> but um, it's very different, you know, your dynamics and your, and your wife seems like an amazing, lovely person. So oh, um, it, it, it can really give someone to look forward to um, a hope of, of like, oh, I don't know if I'll, like something I desire is to be married and I don't know if I'll be able to find a wife who would be able to put up with my nonsense or help me and, <laughs> you know, um, help me in ministry or be honest with, um, and you give, people that hope that it's like no you know there are people out there um, and god has the perfect person for us when we need that perfect person and he's going to provide yeah. that for us so thank you yes. adam for for coming on and um, we do you. have to end the podcast cause it's going to be like over <laughs> an hour but um guys like i said if you want to go check out adam um on his podcast a man divided um and you do you have social medias you have instagram right where can people yeah, find so, you? Yeah, um, so in, uh, Instagram is definitely my biggest social media presence. Um, and I, I try to uh, come out with a, an episode on my podcast is available like pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, like anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And it's called A Man Divided. And I try to release an episode about every two weeks. Um, because I am a, a teacher and a, a dad and a husband, so it's you know it's kind of busy, but I try to do it every two weeks. Um, I have a website as well that's just amandivided.com, and um, there's all of the links to my social media, and then I also list some helpful like uh, resources, like books and things that have been a big help to me uh, in my walk on the website as well. And then I have a Facebook uh, page as well, also called Amand Divided. Amazing. Awesome, Adam. So once again, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your story. Um, yeah, guys, thank you so much. Oh, no. <laughs> it's my honor, I, I, honestly. Yeah, I was, I I was really to. glad to be able to be uh, on the podcast. So thank you so much, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, Adam really actually listens to my podcast and he listens to the episodes. <laughs> and I'm so like... I, it just baffles me that like people can like withstand me talking for an hour. So <laughs> I like sometimes I have to rewatch these and like edit them myself. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm like, when am I going to shut up? <laughs> so it, it like just baffles me. But anyways, thank you guys for listening to my podcast and for Adam um, coming on and for listening to him. And so um, I'll see you guys next week when, when you join us for our next episode. Peace out. Bye.